This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Contractor's Corner. I'm Solar Power World Editor-in-Chief Kelly Pickerel, and today I'm talking with Dale Good. He is President and CEO of Pennsylvania-headquartered Paradise Energy Solutions, which primarily installs commercial solar projects across the Mid-Atlantic region. So nice to talk with you today, Dale. And it's great to be your guest. Thanks for the invite and for uh, giving us some airtime. Awesome. Yeah. So first, tell me, how did Paradise Energy Solutions get started? <laughs> this, this is probably the most interesting part of our story. It's how we get started. Um, we are located right in the Pennsylvania Dutch country, if you're familiar with that at all, in Lancaster, near Lancaster, PA. And uh, there are four brothers who grew up together on a farm uh, in this area, and they had a stonemasonry business. And we're, they were doing some work at a uh, customer's property, and one of the brothers is a visionary, um, and he was talking with the owner of the property asked them where they thought the, uh, what would be a good future industry for them to get involved with. And this individual told them solar. Now, this is back in 2009. So uh, Marcus was the oldest of the four brothers. And uh, interestingly enough, the customer turns out he is now a U.S. representative, Lloyd Smucker, from this area. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. He came back, he sold his brothers on it. He then went to Romania for a two-year mission stint, and the three brothers started up a solar business alongside their stonemasonry business. And uh, they soon realized that solar was taking off, and it was right during the time of the uh, Pennsylvania Sunshine Grant. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was 2009, 2010, 2011 that ended. But they started up the solar business, soon realized it was going to consume their time, and they sold their stonemasonry business, went full-time solar. And Marcus returned. He eventually became the uh, vice president of sales. The youngest brother actually became the CEO for the company, and he was in his early 20s at the time. <laughs> so these guys were very young and uh, have, a, have a strong streak of entrepreneurship running through them. And so they, uh, they started this business. And interestingly enough, they attempted to sell a system to my brother-in-law. Now, I'm quite a bit older. I'm, you know, a different generation. <laughs> I'm 60. So, so they tried to sell a system to my brother-in-law, and he thought they were too new to the business. He didn't quite trust them. So he went with a, with a competitor, and this was long before I worked here. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting story. I joined the company five years ago. But, yeah, they, they got this thing off the ground and made a tremendous commitment to, uh, to improving their operation. Their first install was on their father's chicken house. <laughs> And that kind of gave them the roots, you know, their agricultural roots allowed them to connect with the agricultural community. And that's where, that's where Paradise got their start. Hmm. They, they also were very wise in bringing in a, um, an outside coach early on in the business who helped them with marketing and also with structure. And he's the one that helped them recognize their own giftings. And uh, the youngest one became the CEO. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, the oldest uh, became the uh, VP of sales. There was Matt, who's now just left the business for the farm. He became uh, the CFL. And uh, Jason, the other one, he just wanted to sell. So he, he became the, uh, the consultant uh, on the road. And uh, today, only one of them is still in the business. Uh, three of them have, have pulled out. That was one of their goals. And the business is, has grown quite a bit since then. So it's very exciting. It's, it's a very interesting story. We actually recorded it interviews with all of them for our 10th anniversary, which was last year. And uh, that's actually out on YouTube, and it's gotten some interesting reviews. So. Yeah, that is really fascinating. Um, 
you mentioned, I mean, since you are in, in Pennsylvania, the Dutch country, like, um, right. there's that strong agricultural focus, but are, are you guys doing other projects besides just agriculture type installations? Yeah, we, we've really, we've, that's really kind of changed for us. Um, we are still big in the agricultural community. We, we connect well with that community. We have a lot of roots there. We have a lot of projects there. Um, this past year, 2019, was the least amount of residential we've ever done. We did about 13% of our, of our business was residential, but uh, over 50% of our business this past year was commercial. So, and then the balance was agricultural. So we, we watch those three segments. That's where we operate, a little bit in residential, agricultural, and commercial. But this was the first, 2019 was the first year that commercial exceeded agriculture for us. Prior to that, it was running about even, about 40% for each of those and 20% residential, but we've seen that move. So. Mm -hmm. And we had to do that. Uh, to be really honest, the agricultural community has suffered economically, and so they've not been uh, as good of targets for you know, solar installations. Tax equity, we look for tax equity. That's what we're selling to a lot of times, and so you're looking for successful businesses. And the ag community was hit with a tariff re uh, retaliation uh, from China and, and some of that thing. So um, we had to move into the commercial market uh, in a stronger way, and, and that's what we've done in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Actually, right now we're installing our largest project ever, which is a 1.2 megawatt carport uh, down close to Philadelphia. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you really kind of branched out. <laughs> yeah. And we'll do any type of install. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's roof, ground, whatever we have our own post-pounding uh, operation. And so we'll pretty much tangle with anything. Mm -hmm. So with 10 years under your belts, how many employees do you have now? Okay, so we're up to 75, uh, and we have 14 openings at the moment. So we're looking hard to find people to add to our team. Uh, about 40 of those are based here in Pennsylvania. The rest of them are in small branches in Maryland, uh, Virginia, Ohio, and New York. And then we operate into some of the neighboring states as well. But we, our branches are about four hours. We try and keep them around four hours apart from each other so that we can go a couple of hours in any direction from a branch and try and hit a job. But there's, there's locations within our, our footprint where we're not, we don't have the coverage we'd like yet. So. Mm -hmm. You mentioned how at the very beginning um, the brothers, they brought in like outside coaches to kind of help. So how, right. have, you, how have you continued that today? Like how do you ensure that, all of your employees have like adequate solar training and experience. <laughs> well, Kelly, if you try if you try to hire experienced solar people, you're probably going to experience a lot of futility. <laughs> um, it, it's too new an industry, and so actually, we just had our summit. We do an annual summit where we bring everybody in from all of our branches, and we spend two days together. Uh, we were at the Wyndham Resort here in Lancaster this year, and we do training, and it's also a, a place for us to. Uh, make sure our culture stays intact. That's very important to us. But um, the training is something we're just committed to. We, we do a lot. <laughs> I took a poll at the summit, and of the 75 employees who were there, only two had any solar experience before they worked for Paradise Energy. So we don't hire experienced people. We look for great culture fits and people with a, with a great work ethic and a desire to learn. And then we bring them in and... and uh, we're huge believers in that we can learn from each other, and we use some outside organizations. SEI is a huge one for us out in, in Colorado and Panama. Mm -hmm. And um, we use some other uh, online training. We do some in-house training, but it's a constant. We're constantly training on electrical, 
uh, in addition to solar. Uh, we're big fans of uh, Patrick Lencioni with his teamwork and, and uh, leadership training for our, for our team. So it's a constant ongoing uh, challenge for us to do that. And, and, you know, our employees really appreciate that. They, they like to know that the company is willing to invest in them. Um, one of the things that really struck me when, when we came here, um, our, the HR director here, I had worked with him previously, where I had worked previously. I had 30 years' experience, actually, with him. And uh, he told me, he said, one of the things that startled him was when he talked to Tim about all the, all the training they're investing in, and then an employee could potentially leave the company and go somewhere else to work. And he said, Tim said, well, that's great. He said, at least we prepared him well for <laughs> the next job. And, and so that's the owner's, the owner's philosophy is one of, of stewardship, and uh, they take an approach where the company's not necessarily their own. They're just managing it, you know, for this time. And uh, that's the way they view life. That's our vision. Our vision really doesn't have anything in it about solar. It talks about uh, being great stewards of, of God's abundant resources. And, and so we see solar as being one of those. And the people that come to us and work here, they're, you know, they're, we're stewarding their time as well, and they are as well. So that's, that's our approach. Hmm. And it's, it's actually very exciting. Yeah, you can you can take anybody in and, and get them <laughs> trained up to be to be good in the solar industry that way. Sure, sure, and and we expect that we we don't expect we we work with technical schools like there's a uh, a two year technical school very close to us here. We have somebody on their board, and uh, you know we we go after students coming out of there. Uh, great, but there's just an abundance of opportunities for them right now. We we were at a job fair last week. I think there were two hundred and 260 companies there, and I think there were like 25 students coming out. So it's wow. you know the battle over the battle over uh, hiring great help right now is very intense <laughs> in our country. Yeah, yeah. You aren't confined to just the mid-Atlantic, like you said, and, and you do have offices and installations in Ohio, and and, and you're trying to keep things within four hours of each other. But are there plans to sure. expand even further? Yeah, that's a great question. We we went into Harrisonburg about two years ago in Virginia. That was our entrance into Virginia market. Um, selling commercial solar has a long, a long sales cycle, and so it usually takes us a little while to get the branches um, thriving in in those locations. And the interesting thing is, we've thrived in states that are not typically seen as great solar states. Virginia's not been. Ohio's not been. Uh, a lot of people don't view Pennsylvania as being great. Um, and actually in, in a state close by like New Jersey, we've actually struggled a bit to get in there because we get in too late. But we're constantly uh, looking at opportunities. I mean, West Virginia is one that's kind of on our radar. It's not a great state. That seems to be where we do best. So. <laughs> and we've been asked to install there because Harrisonburg's not that far away from it in Virginia, our branch there. And, and, you know, this year we had some clients who we're in our market area, but have locations elsewhere. And they ask us to go to Texas and Arizona and Missouri. <laughs> and uh, we had to say no, but uh, we'll continue to, to, to think about, you know, how we can expand in a controlled manner. I think we're committed to that because we want to maintain our level of service. We have a lot of raving fans and we, we don't want to create any who are not. So, yeah. Okay. So last year, Paradise Energy, you released a report showing performance and other data projects that you have installed um, in the first half of 2019. So you found that ROI is lowest and the payback period is longest in Ohio. So what do you attribute this to? Yeah, well, Ohio is a tough state. 
you know that you live there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they do not have; they're not as friendly to renewables at this point legislatively. Um, they used to have a, an asterisk market that's kind of been done away with with their discontinuation of their RPS. Um, now we're starting to see some some uh, more of a grassroots type of uh, situation, which actually led to uh, you know a potential project. Uh, up near up at Kent State. So it's going to be interesting to see how that progresses. Virginia was much the same. Virginia was uh, heavily controlled by the utilities. Dominion's a big player down there. Um, and we're seeing that change with a, a big change in their legislative bodies uh, in the last election. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in Ohio in the future. We still think Ohio is a, you know, a good state for us. They have very low electric rates, so your offsets are very low. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to see where that goes. But we, we constantly monitor those types of things. I mean, they, it kind of jumps out at you when you provide um, cash flows to clients who are considering going solar. It becomes pretty apparent, you know, where the, where the hurdles are financially. The reality is most of our, most of our clients are doing, are doing solar because of the finances. Uh, they may have a, they may have a, a bent towards doing uh, environmentally friendly types of things. But if it doesn't pencil financially, you're rarely going to get a yes out of a commercial client that, that they want to do this uh, behind the meter install like we do. So, you know, we're looking, we're looking for that, and, and we're constantly monitoring the ROIs, the paybacks that we're seeing to determine where do we want to go next. You know, where's a, where's a great place for, for us to find potential clients? Mm-hmm. That's a challenge. Yeah, with with all this data that you've been gathering, I'm, what other interesting metrics did you find? Like, did it kind of reinforce your support behind solar for agriculture sites? Anything like that? Yeah, it it it, it did. I mean, one of the one of the things you find there's a difference between commercial clients and agricultural clients. Agricultural clients many times think a little bit longer term in their payback requirements than than a commercial client. We bang into commercial clients who are, you know, they're staring at, they want a three-year return or three to five-year return is pretty common. Agricultural clients, you know, they're, they're a little more patient and they're used to a cyclical economy because that's part of farming, that's part of agriculture. And so they seem to be a little more tolerant of, of slower returns. The other thing, uh, many of them, uh, and these are on the decline, but there's many family farms around or situations where families want to keep the farm in the family and it's a great way for, for you know, people of my generation to be thinking about you know the future generation and saying, hey, we can reduce costs on our farming operation if we go solar, and that's you know that's been one of the things that's really helped us uh, get on the map. We've learned how to to sell into those situations, and uh, and to provide consulting, and, and I think they trust us. We've, we've developed a lot of trust with that community, and uh, so we're we're still heavily committed to the agricultural community. We think there's still a bright future there. Um, so mm-hmm. we also, the other thing that we do, uh, we, we do quite a bit of grant writing, and we work with USDA with the REAP grant uh, extensively in all of our states that we're in, and uh, we've had some very good results, and that's, that really can help with, a, with, a, with a, an agricultural project. Mm-hmm. It can also help with businesses because business projects qualify for that if they're in the, the right geographic area. Interesting. Okay. You mentioned that there does have to be some kind of payback, a quick payback um, option, but why are you 
finding like your commercial and agriculture customers? Why do they want to go solar? Well, sometimes it is because of the environmental piece. For instance, we have a we have a client here in Lancaster that we're installing a system for right now, and they they uh, manufacture mountain bikes, and so they're very environmentally uh, friendly. They have they have a plant here. They have a plant. Actually, they're the one that wanted us to go to Arizona, mm-hmm. um, and they were just very very determined. I mean, we had a lot of issues in that project to get it off the ground. Very determined to go solar, but obviously they wanted to save a little money in doing it, and, and we were able to do that for them. So in that case, a little more patient with the payback, and, and it can make sense for them. It really comes down to expectations. You know, I've, I've sat around tables with clients who, who see a 10-year payback, and they say, well, that's great. It's a cost reduction. It's basically guaranteed. And, and, and they say, that's great, let's move forward. And the next one will say, 10 years, well, that's ridiculous, I need five years. So it really comes down to the expectation of the, uh, of the client. And uh, we've, we've worked really hard to uh, get our consultants to be able to speak their language and find out what's important to them. Um, you have to get in front of commercial clients. You don't, you don't pull them in with advertising very quickly. Um, there, I think that's changing a little bit. Uh, this past year actually was our first year we saw our web leads become our largest source of new leads for us. But it's still you still have to get in front of the decision makers. For that reason, we, a lot of times we're working with smaller uh, commercial clients because you can get ahead, you can get in front of the owner, uh, the person who's dealing with the tax equity piece, and uh, show them why it does make sense. So. Mm-hmm. Has energy storage entered any conversations in your project areas? Yeah, it's a great question. We 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 talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've not installed a lot. I you know we we're installing more. I think this year we were up uh, getting close to 200 kWh, which isn't very much, um, and probably more on the residential side than on the, on the commercial side. Mm-hmm. Commercial uh, customers are starting to look at at uh, demand management from, with storage to say, can we reduce demand costs? One of the problems in the Northeast is demand charges in most of our areas are not super high. So the cost of the storage usually is a deterrent. And, and you know, we talk about that with them. We'll, do, we'll, we'll look at their demand for them and say, here's what your demand load looks like. We think you can shave. You know, you're going to need uh, this amount of storage. And they look at the finances and it's kind of like, ah, we're not quite ready to go there. So... Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty tough to sell storage yet in the air market. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So Paradise Energy offers the triple ten guarantee. So tell me about that. What is that? Yeah, we began that I think about four years ago. Um, the purpose behind that was very different from a typical warranty. Like if you buy an appliance or something, they sell you a warranty. I think you know they make some money on that warranty typically. That's not our purpose at all. The, the purpose behind the triple ten was. When you're um, consulting on solar with commercial clients, you're dealing with competitors and a lot of projections. And the challenge that we had was we, we were seeing projections that were sometimes overly aggressive, which is not our style. You know, if you know anything about Lancaster County, it's a conservative area. And uh, we would rather underestimate than overestimate. And we'd rather have a raving fan when they see that, that they actually got more than we promised them. And, and so that's our goal. But when you're battling with a competitor who's being very aggressive in their uh, projections, we were looking for a way to offset that without us having to do that ourselves. And so this, this became our go-to. And so we, we put a 10-year 10, 10 production guarantee on, 
10 years of monitoring and, and uh, 10 years of workmanship warranty. Basically, we said for 10 years, you're not going to have to worry about this. And we're not going to, you're not going to get hit with additional costs inside this first 10 years. And the system's going to do what we said it would. And it's worked out very, very well for us. There are clients who would prefer not to have it on. You know, they go into it with a mindset like, eh, I'm not, I don't want to pay for a guarantee. And, and, and we'll pull it off. You know, if it's a commercial client and, and we say, hey, you know, we'll gladly pull it off. We're putting it on there not to make money off of it. But we're putting it on there to give you peace of mind that our projections we will hit or exceed. And so that's, uh, that's, that was what was behind the triple 10 uh, to, to foster trust in the projections because sometimes you see a lack of trust. A lot of projections involve the solar. You're, you're looking out many years with escalators potentially on utility rates, on uh, costs. And, and, and the other thing is we'll always show maintenance costs, projected maintenance costs, and insurance costs and things like that. We try to show the customer the entire picture so there's no negative surprises and their expectations are met. Has that helped with maybe gaining customers? Like, do you guys do any marketing or anything like that? How are you getting customers? Yeah, I think we've tried everything. Uh, you know, we've tried billboards, we've tried television, we've tried uh, radio, um, we've tried lots of different things. There's a brand. You know, we do some brand building. Uh, we actually have two people full time in marketing now in the company. We used to outsource most of it. Um, we do. A, we're doing a lot more social media marketing. Um, like the blogs that you actually saw the uh, the survey on, um, we, we're trying to do a lot more of that kind of thing. It's, it's a lot less expensive, um, and it also gives uh, it helps educate because you know one of the things you're involved in, in in commercial sales, residential sales, whatever, you're educating people on the benefits of solar, and so that enables us to do that, and and people get educated on our website before they even talk to us. And we track all that. So we can then begin, you know, a drip campaign with them or begin to market to them when they visit our website. But yeah, we, we do, we've tried a lot of different things and we've seen a lot of things that don't work. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's part of experimenting. And, you know, really that's one of the things that makes our company probably as strong as it is. We're willing to try anything and then try and learn from it. So Nice. Okay. So yeah, on your website, I saw that Paradise Energy, you guys also have a O&M team. So do you see that becoming a larger part of the business, the maintenance aspects of all of these solar arrays? Sure, absolutely. I think, I think it's going to be a huge growth area. I've seen some projections. Uh, I think uh, GTM had put some things out um, and even some international projections. I mean, you think about it, probably 90-plus percent of the solar has been installed in the last 10 years in the U.S., and it's continuing to grow because we're installing at a much more rapid pace. These systems are going to need re-energized, I mean, inverter replacements. There's going to be maintenance work down the road. You look at the uh, 2025 on, I think there's going to be a boom in that market. Uh, we are involved in more of that. I mean, we've seen our O&M uh, two years ago, it, it, it almost by multiple of three from one year to the next. Our O&M revenue this past year was 50% higher, and we really weren't making a push there. We're trying to, get, trying to get our organization ready for that. And we're just ready to roll out something called Paradise uh, Protect, which is going to be our – we have three levels, platinum, gold, and silver of O&M uh, care for systems. So, yeah, this is a huge growth area for us, I think, and it's something we're going to spend a lot of time and attention on in the next few years. And it, we, it's kind of a natural for us because we train heavily. Uh, we were just going over our training uh, plans for this year. I think we've got 35 technicians we're going to be training off-site. And uh, that's, 
you know, that's thinking ahead to the point we, we have to have trained technicians to be able to go out and do O&M work. We just recently were involved in a, a two-megawatt project close to us here that we did not install that had an install problem. 2016 it was installed. We basically had to take it apart and reinstall it, and we were involved in that. So there's going to be a, a, a tremendous growth in the O&M market, I think, in, in the next 10 years. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Some, some new things to try to keep you current in the market. Well, and the other thing about the O&M market that's a little bit different is, it, you know, we all know it's a solar coaster. So things go up and down, incentives change. Um, we, we have that constant movement, uh, even between our states. And we were very fortunate that our owners, you know, so had the foresight to diversify into markets and also into various states. But uh, O&M is more of a recurring revenue model, and it's much easier to sustain and manage than something that you know, goes sharply, a boom and bust cycle. We, we really dislike boom and bust cycles. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So what else is, what, what's your outlook for the solar industry in your area over the next few years, besides just O&M kind of creeping up? Yeah, that's a, that's a really difficult question. I'm not a guy, I don't consider myself a visionary. I, I uh, can relate to what Peter Drucker said. He said that trying to predict the future is like trying to drive down a country road at night with no lights and looking <laughs> out the back window. <laughs> so solar is a little bit that way. But I, I think the other thing that he said is you have to look backwards and any trends you see, you look at those trends and say, what do they tell us for the future? And you especially look at the bends and the trends. And if you look at that closely, I think the future of solar energy is just incredibly bright. There's an overwhelming uh, public sentiment. It's no longer political. It's, it's kind of just everywhere that renewables are going to be the future. And you've got the, the, the growing EV market going on. You've got some legislative changes going on in Virginia and Pennsylvania, both looking to possibly raise their RPS or, or create one in Virginia. Um, we're still seeing uh, falling solar costs. Uh, you've got utilities are kind of adjusting to the fact that they're no longer energy providers, but they're grid managers. All of this takes some time, and and so I, I think that's been building. But I, I think, you know, this decade, I think it's, you know, borderline revolutionary. I think there's going to be huge changes in the energy markets over the next 10 years. Hmm. It's going to be and I think that's very exciting for companies like ours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you guys have positioned yourself well to, to see all of that. Thanks for talking to me today, Dale. It was, it was really a pleasure to get to know the company. Sure. It was great talking to you, Kelly. Thanks for your work there at Solar Power World and for the information you guys provide. I just renewed my subscription this morning. Oh, perfect. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com. See you back here next month.